Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big, my hand is just a little big, but brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. Brother, you want somebody acting strange, I'm as strange as you can get. I went to the bars and the streets for education. And I went to the ladies of the evening. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with me, Matt Stryker, and Mike, the Rotocop. We have a great episode of the Fantasy Baseball Hour for you this week as our very own Michael, the Rotocop, sits down with Colin Weatherwax. And that's a great get by Mikey and these guys. Honestly, get your pads and your pens out when we get to this particular segment, because you're going to have to go back and listen to it uh, at least two times. There are so many good names and stats dropped in this conversation that I feel like if there were almost two dozen names mentioned here with with proof of, of concept, so to speak, like why do they like them? Here's why I like this guy. If, if you grab one, you grab two across any of your leagues, I feel like you have a distinct advantage over anyone else because they were just names that were dropped here that, again, like someone says, hey, I have a baseball scoop for you. And they say, oh, you know, DJ LeMayhew is very good and no one thought he'd be. Like, you're not telling me anything, I don't know. But uh, Mike and Colin really break down some good stuff and they tell you a lot of things that you don't know. At least I feel like I don't know. It's uh, almost the first week of July and this is where I start to assess my teams just as a GM. So I have seven working teams right now, but there is one team that's just driving me nuts. Uh, it's a 12-team league. This team is mired in 10th place, 800 points out of first, but uh, between first and second is 100 points. So I look at that, that 100 points is a game. Therefore, I am eight games out of first. Uh, how many games out of the money? Third place is... Wow, third place is only 110 points. Yeah, man, I am, I'm eight games, seven games out of the money. So obviously I'm not going to just tank this team. I, I think that I'm definitely within striking distance and it's not even July. But what I wanted to do here is talk to the people out there that have these teams that are sitting in 10th, 11th, 12th place. The first thing you do is do what I just did right there, I think, is that you look at the distance between first and second. And based off of that number, look at the distance between second and third, you can start to assess how many points essentially equates to a game? So in that league, it was 100 points from first to second. You figure 100 points is a game, maybe 80 points a game. So if you're 800 points out, that sounds terrible. But if you're seven and a half games out, that sounds far more manageable. So I think you need to look at a lot of uh, your leagues and begin to assess where you are. Uh, right here coming up in July most leagues, third place gets you in the money. I, I would not be tanking or selling or giving up. I'm trying to retool and make this team better. 
that's what this is about here. It's about looking at your team and saying, how can I make them better? So let me look at this team that I have here in 10th place of a 12-team points league. And here's my team. Wilson Ramos, Paul Goldschmidt, Jose Altuve. So right there, those first two out of three. Goldschmidt's been underachieving. Altuve's been hurt. Uh, you know, Ramos is whatever. Drickerson Profar, Ahmed Rosario, Domingo Santana, Austin Riley, Eloy Jimenez, Matt Olson, Fernando Tatis, Nick Senzel, Mitch Hanniger on the DL, Kyle Tucker stashed. So uh, it's definitely not a bad lineup. There are some, some moves that can be made. I often like to look at last 30 days. That's my best gauge. At 14 days, things can happen. Seven days is just I got lucky. So I look at 30 days. And honestly, there's no one I'd really move here. I mean, Drickerson Profar, the only thing keeping him on my team right now is his position eligibility. He's like four position eligible. So beyond that, there's really no offensive roster moves that, that I am going to that I'm going to make here. So let me go down and look at my pitching. So what I've done here is I have taken guys that have SPRP qualification. I've thrown them in the starting pitcher slot. So a guy like Josh James and John Gant are out there every single day for me. This team, this league has an innings limit. This team is 108 innings below. I have 108 innings in the bank. So again, being eight games out, 108 innings in pocket, I'm not worried. This is going to be a fun league, and I'm going to feel like king shit when, when I win this league or at least place in the money. I might even change my team name to make a passive-aggressive uh, gesture towards the rest of the league because I'm petty that way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Liam Hendricks just went out and grabbed him. Josh James, Walker Bueller, Framber Valdez just got sent down as of this discussion so uh, I'm going to look and tell you what I did with him in a minute. Jimmy Nelson, Roberto Osuna, Brandon Woodruff, Trevor Bauer, Matt Stram, Kirby Yates, John Gant, Jay Hop, Blake Trinan, who I'm going to have to – I mean, he's on the DL, but I don't think I'm going to see him. And Luis Severino, who I've, I've held on to. Um, going down my pitching here, Jimmy Nelson just hasn't – has a chance yet. Roberto Osuna, you know, great, fine. Brandon Woodruff has been my stud. Trevor Bauer showing up. Matt Stram showing up. Kirby Yates showing up. Um I mean, Jay Hop, do you, do you dangle him away? Um, as far as what I did with Framber, I want to name my, I want to name, be named Framber. I want you to only call me Framber from now on. Hello, Framber. I turned Framber into, oh, I have a waiver claim in. Somebody had uh, dropped Didi Gregorius, so I have a waiver claim in Framber for Didi. If I get that, I think I win. Out of nowhere, I grab Didi. In any event, so this is this team. It's not a bad team. I I, I am lacking, a, I was going to say an ace starter, but I'm really not. Trevor Bauer is my ace starter, uh, my ace closer, and the Kirby Yates. There's no reason this team should be in 10th place. Uh, I want to look at the team that is in first place in this league, and let's try to see if we can't get a, a glimmer of hope and some insight here. So the team that's in first place has <laughs> no catcher, Freddie Freeman, Glebar Torres, Rafael Devers, Elvis Andrews, Mookie Betts, Starling Marte, David Fletcher, Eddie Rosario, Jose Abreu, Jock Peterson, Chris Crush Davis, Asdrubal Cabrera, Justin Smoke, and Isaiah Kainer Falahefa. That is not a monstrous, oh my God, I'm afraid of you team. But when you look at it, I should punch myself in the face because. 
Freddie Freeman, Glebar Torres, Rafael Devers, Elvis Andrews, Mookie Betts, Starling Marte are all well over 100 points uh, over the last 30 days. He's got a bunch of guys in the high 90s. Yeah, I should shut my whole face. I wish I had this team. <laughs> um, and his pitching is Carlos Martinez, Matthew Boyd, Masahiro Tanaka, Kyle Gibson, Tanner Roark, Josh Hader, Hector Neris, John Gray, Sonny Gray, Cole Hamels, Marcus Stroman, Mike Clevenger, and Luke Weaver. Uh, who's doing it on his pitching? Cole Hamels, John Gray. Who's doing it? Matthew Boyd. Again, I'm very confused. There might be something I'm missing in the in the scoring settings of this league, but I just read you my two the two teams, one first place mine and and one my team, and it should be the other way around. Like I'm just something does not add up in my in my brain. Let me look at the league scoring and maybe you could hit me up on Twitter and uh, tell me what I'm missing. Tell me I'm an idiot <laughs> at fantasy bb hour at matt underscore striker underscore. Mike will probably yell at me and tell me I'm going to forget. So there you go. I didn't forget. Dick. Um, yeah, man. It's two points for a run. One point for a single. Two points for a double. Four points for a home run. Two for a ribby. Two for a stolen base. Two for an intentional walk. I mean, I want guys with doubles, home runs, and guys that steal bases. I guess the pitching? A win is five points. Save is five. A complete game, which doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, no, there's, listen, I can't figure out this league, but for me, um, coming up on July 1, I'm eight games out, a manageable eight games, I have innings in hand, uh, based off my knowledge, this is a good baseball team, would you like to look at the current waiver wire, I will do that with you, just because, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like we've evolved into that. So here we go. I'm going to go last 30 days. I'm going to show my team. I'm going to go all batters. So that's what I'm doing here on the Yahoo League. And here we go. So I'm going by fan points. Todd Fraser, Garrett Cooper, and Ramon Laureano, who I had and dropped, all have more points than my first guy. And my first guy is Austin Riley with 111. Todd Fraser's 131. So only 20 points am I missing out on overall and I would not mind grabbing Ramon Laureano somewhere in any event uh then I feel like I had Jeff McNeil and dropped him too he's the next free agent with points more than the guys on my team Jackie Bradley Jr. Christian Walker who now that Jake Lamb is coming off he's doing well in rehab I don't know where Walker's gonna play but whatever uh Kyle Schwaber Colin Moran Brian Anderson Brian Reynolds, Eric Sogard, Oscar Mercado, I wouldn't mind having on my team. These are all guys that have more points than guys on my team, uh, spaced out, so to speak. Kevin Biggio, who I have in another league. Danny Santana, who's getting hot and has three-position eligibility. Don't sleep on, on Texas. Yeah, so, I mean, I could make, what, two moves? But I would want to, I'd rather try to work trades then then just drop uh anybody to be honest with you anybody at least in my in my first tier so yeah that's what you do man you look and you see uh how many innings do you have because those are weapons look at your team and see who's performing who's underperforming ask yourself if you want to part with them look at the waiver wire form a plan and then see how many points 
distance is the, the one team from another and things like that. And if this is attainable, and if you want to focus the time and energy, you easily can pull a team out from the depths of despair. And nothing feels better than seeing, yo, my team was in 10th place at the end of June. Here I am in August and I just moved into third or second even. You know, it's really fun. And that's why fantasy baseball is so great. And another reason why fantasy baseball is so great is there are people out there like Colin Weatherwax. And I'll, I'll let Mike tell you, you more about him. But this is just a, just a special person. Uh, having the passion and love of sports, but of baseball, and being able to, to make it something that enriches other people's lives, that to me is the true mark of, of a professional. And uh, you, know, you hear on this show things like uh, Pitcher List and, and, and all these, these other kind of like sites. Go check them out. They're written by people that are truly passionate about sports. And one of those guys, a guy named Colin Weatherwax, you can find him at CWeatherwax13. Mike and Colin sat down and they just, man, they gave you like, is is it sustainable? Which is where guys that are playing a little bit over their head, uh, Mike and Colin break down if these guys are going to keep doing it. Are these guys you should go out and pick up on your waiver wire two days after you get them? Is it going to cool off? Another thing, the waiver wire also, which I think is just, it's so valuable to have someone as passionate and knowledgeable as Colin and someone as absolutely obsessive as Mike is. I love him to death, but if he does not know someone's like Woba, he loses his mind. He bites his nails down to his cuticles. I'm sorry, but I guess that's what makes him so great. So here is the greatness, the mad scientist himself, my good buddy Mike the Rotocop, alongside Colin Weatherwax. Thanks for the introduction, Matt. That was very kind of you. Nice words. Colin Weatherwax joins us. Like Matt said, Colin Weatherwax at CWeatherwax13 on Twitter, the newest member of Pitcher List and the QB List at Fantasy Benefits, and Mr. Main Invent himself. Colin, how are you? Doing great, Mike. Thanks for the intro. I, I think that's a little bit better than Matt's. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> So we brought you on, knowing our history together at Fantasy Benefits with uh, Randy Haynes. He'll probably be a little upset, but we'll get him on a show soon too. So there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about, but the first thing I want to talk about is how you got passed today in our Fantasy Benefits main event qualifier. First time all season you got passed. Yeah, it didn't last very long, Bradley Newman. Uh, I see <laughs> you down there creeping. I still have a .5 uh, point lead. And like you said, I've, I've held the lead from from the get-go, uh, and I plan on doing so the rest of the year. So I hope you enjoyed your slight taste of victory, Bradley, because it's not going to happen. <laughs> so Colin has been leading the, the season since the first pitch of the season, which is actually unheard of. But technically, I guess we could say there hasn't been a night where you haven't been leading as long as you hold on to this half a point lead tonight. So for everybody's sake, hopefully Bradley uh, makes a push here at the, at the end of the night here. Um, I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things that are going on now in Major League Baseball. We're recording this on Wednesday. So Rosario left the game today with an apparent leg injury, and you said you saw the play, Eddie Rosario? 
Yeah, it didn't look too good. Um, you know, he was rounding first, trying to get a hustle double. Um, and it looked like just from my eyes, he might have hyperextended his knee, but um, he kind of stumbled a little bit. Uh, didn't fall flat on his face. He threw his helmet in disgust as soon as he reached second base, and then he was taken right off the field. So hopefully, you know, he's not out for very long because he's been really great for everyone that drafted him this year. Yeah, he has been awesome. Uh, a couple other things in the news, John Carlos Stanton, he is back on the injured list, which is no good for my NFBC share of him and your draft champion share. I, uh, I paired him with Trey Turner, and like I told Colin off air, I was expecting 50 stolen bases and 50 home runs. And I was scratching that on paper, but apparently I was completely wrong about that. Craig Kimbrell likely to be activated on Thursday. Um, Mike Miner through a complete game. He's having a ridiculous season. He has the league lead in the ERA. I know him and Charlie Morton were close. Uh, he's one of your guys in Texas. Collins, a Texas Rangers fan. Willie Calhoun also homered and doubled today. Texas Rangers have really uh, put a foot in my mouth saying <laughs> that I was going to win that bet before the season. Before the season, we had a T-shirt bet. Me, Colin, and Randy Haynes from Fantasy uh, Friends of Fantasy Benefits on which team will finish with the best record based on the Pakoda standings. Did I explain that correctly? Yeah, Pakoda yeah. projections, yeah. Pakoda projections before the season is kind of like uh, the Orioles were like plus 56 or something like that to catch the Mariners at that point. But um, it's not fair. It's not fair to just do like a, a win per, per team. Yeah. So uh, you have to give Randy like an 80, 80 win handicap or something. So Texas obviously has been the surprise team out of the three. So it looks like Colin's going to run away with, with a new pitcherless T-shirt or I don't know what kind of T-shirt you want. You have a couple months to think about it. Um, Liam Hendricks gets a save. We'll get into that when we talk closers. Mets blow it again. Jay Bruce is the, is the guy that does it to him this time, which hurts a little bit extra because of his time in New York. Uh, Craig Stammen got a save with Kirby Yates unavailable. Your Astros stack didn't work out too well. Uh, you know what? Uh, Altuve just singled. Bregman just doubled. Um, so, you know, there might still be around. in the bottom of the eighth. <laughs> so, um, one thing me and Matt like to do on the show is talk about guys and what they're, uh, how they're playing right now and if it's sustainable because that's such a big thing in fantasy. Do you think somebody's going to keep it up? Should you buy low, buy low, sell high on some guys? Uh, one guy I wanted to talk about was Carlos Santana, who's having a monster season. He's hitting 290, 18 homers, 48 RBIs, entering the day. He even has three swipes on the year, which is pretty funny. So he's at 290-18-43. Is this sustainable for Carlos Santana? First base, third base eligible in Yahoo. You know, it's strange because whenever you think Carlos Santana, you think OBP League monster. Uh, he's a guy that's always on base. Um, you know, he's had a couple of 20 home run seasons. He had a little bit of an outlier in 2016 where he hit 34 home runs for the Indians. And, you know, it might be um, a little bit of the juice ball thing going around for this year for him to get. I fucking hate this juice ball. (laughs) Yeah, I I hear you. But one of the things that I'm looking at, um, looking at the Fangraphs page, he's been a really low Babbitt guy in his career, mostly probably because he's really slow. Um, But last year he had he had 231 Babbitt. He's probably a career about 267 Babbitt guy. He's at 303 Babbitt. So 303 Babbitt with a, two, a 290 average right now. If he can sustain that high Babbitt, um, I think his average might might go down to about 275, 280. 
And that's great for guys that drafted him in the average league because you're just thinking um, this is a guy that's going to be great in my corner infield spot where he's going to give me some power, a couple swipes here and there, um, and he's not going to tank my average. But, hey, if, if he can hit 275, 280, uh, that would be great for you. Oh, of course. And the number that stands out to me the most is his hard hit percentage is at 47.3%. And if you look at his, the rest of his career, he's never been over 36%. So we're talking about an 11, 11 point jump from his career high, which is pretty insane. If you want to look at the rest of his peripherals, exit velocity, he's in the 95th percentile, only 5% of the league's hitting harder than him, hitting the ball harder than him. Um, X Woba is in the 94th percentile, X slugging's 86. So all the peripherals are there to think, to make you think that Carlos Santana can keep it up. And we always know he has a, a great eye at the plate. So that's just something that it's all coming together for him. Another guy I wanted to speak about was Danny Santana, who hit another homer tonight, and he's up to nine homers, nine stolen bases on the season, hitting over 300. And this was a nice surprise for your Texas Rangers, no? I think it was a big surprise for everybody. I mean, whenever you see Danny Santana get signed to a minor league deal in the beginning of the season, everyone's like, that guy's still around? Like, he's been in, he's been in the league for almost 11 years, and – um, you know, now he's got nine home runs, nine steals. Like you said, he's hitting over 300. Um, he's really contributing for an overperforming Rangers team. And one of the things that I thought would, would hinder him would be playing time once everyone got healthy uh, with Gallo coming back. And, you know, he always wants to play the outfield now. He never wants to step foot in the infield again. Um, with Gallo coming back, that would, that would pretty much give them everyone uh, from the opening day that's healthy. And then you sprinkle in a little bit of Hunter Pence, a little bit of Willie Calhoun. You know, where is this guy going to play? So um, he's kind of pushing the Rangers' hand here. And I think he's going to force his way into the lineup. And the one guy I think it's going to be bad for is Rugnet Odor. He's a guy that's hitting yeah. under 180, uh, not showing as much power. Um, I believe he still has an option or two left to go back down to AAA and try and figure it out. I mean, he's still young, but, you know, you kind of got to go with the hot hand with Danny Santana and Logan Forsyth, um, you know, flashback to 2010 with these two names coming up. Yeah, seriously. Um, so one thing that stands out for him is his BABIP is at 390 and his average is around 309. So obviously some regressions coming in the batting average area. Unlike Carlos Santana, his peripherals are a little worse, but they're still above league average, which is good to see, especially from a guy like Danny Santana, like we're talking about. Um, his exit velocity is in the 76th percentile. He's, he's above, a little above average in almost every category. As far as um, between the two, if you want to compare, who do you have more faith in for the rest of the season, Carlos Santana or Danny Santana? Uh, definitely Carlos. I think the staying playing time is going to be there. Uh, there's no way that they're going to bench that bat. And even though, you know, right now Danny Santana is playing just about every day, like you said, there is – there's a lot of room for regression coming and I don't want to be sitting there holding the, holding the empty pot whenever that happens. I, I totally agree. I just want to make sure we're on the same page with that. We'll stay in the American league and we'll talk about a pitcher here who's having a great season. It's Alex Colomay, one of the surprise closers of the year, as far as his success goes, 29 in the third inning, 16 saves, zero is at a two one five. His whip is under a 0. 0.70. His whip's at 0. 0.68. Alex Colomay has been a great surprise for fantasy owners. What are your thoughts on him continuing this the rest of the season? Uh, they're kind of in the race, so he's not going to get moved. I mean, if he keeps pitching like this, he'll close out some meaningful games for them. Yeah, you would choose to talk about him on the day he blows his first save. <laughs> oh, wow, look at that. I didn't even <laughs> I didn't put two and two together. 
<laughs> no, yeah, I, I really like uh, you know Alex Colmay. He's been very under. Get the win though. He did get the win. Uh, he did get the win. Yes, uh, <laughs> and the win for sure. Um, yeah, you know, he's been underrated whenever he started with the Rays and then he got dealt last year. Uh, everyone thought he was going to be one of these trade chips. Um, but like you said, White Sox sitting there at 37 and 41. Um, they're not too far behind the Indians and the Twins in their division. And of course, the wild card. Whenever Texas is leading the wild card, you know, you got a chance. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's, he, I don't think he's going to get moved. I don't see why they would if they're, if they're going to try and go for it. They got a few prospects they can bring up to make a second half push. And he's a guy that's been underrated in the past whenever he was with the Rays. I mean, 37 saves, 47 saves just two and three years ago. Um, a lot of Ks back in 2016. Not as much the past two years, but still a solid guy at the end of the bullpen, um, you know, that can get you some saves at the end of the day. So it's pretty crazy that Alex Colomay has this much success and he only throws two pitches. He's thrown his four seam 34% of the time and his cutter 66% of the time. So that's something special in itself. His cutter has a pitch value of 9.6, which is outrageous. Uh, his fastball is 0.5 pitch value. But that cutter, man, that's, that's his bread and butter, always has been. As far as his uh, fastball velocity goes, though, he's way below league average. Fastball spin way below league average. If you look at his peripherals, you would think that the regression's coming and it's coming soon. So I, I would consider him maybe a, a bit of a, a sell-high candidate considering he's put up numbers that go along with the best closes in the game so far. And I personally don't think that's going to sustain for the rest of the season. So I think he might be a, a sell-high candidate if you have him and if you have other closers in your bullpen. Let's uh, shift over to the National League for one last guy here for Is It Sustainable? David Dahl, who has been a great a great find for fantasy owners. I know uh, people used to call him, make jokes, call him, Matt used to call him China Dahl before the season started. He wanted nothing to do with him because he gets hurt so easily. He's hitting 317 with nine homers, 40 RBIs, 262 at-bats. David Dow has been one of the best outfielders in baseball this year. Yeah, he definitely has been. I was completely off of him on his price during draft season um, just because, like you said, uh, he's, he's getting hurt really easily. And then, you know, before we hopped on this podcast, I wanted to see because I just feel like he hasn't played that much. But, I mean, looking at his games, I mean, he's playing just as much as an everyday outfielder. Uh, I think it's just my Rockies uh, syndrome is creeping in. Oh, God, that Rockies syndrome. <laughs> yeah, just whenever I think of any any great batter in Colorado, there's always got to be some little asterisk next to his name. So um, moving forward for the rest of the year, I mean, as long as he gets the playing time, I don't see why he couldn't. You know, he's got nine home runs right now. I could see him being – It is 10th today. Yeah, 10 okay. homers, 45 RBIs now. Yeah, so yeah. maybe, you know – Another 10 to 15 the rest of the year. Uh, 317 with a 409 BABIP definitely is not sustainable. But, you know, creeping down to the 270, 280 range won't hurt that much. Guy that's going to provide a little bit of speed. There's always that injury factor, but he's, there's not much um, – there's not many outfielders out there that have as much upside as David Dahl. Yeah, he was the 71st player taken off the board on average, which – it's pretty good considering all things. Um, he was taken as low as 140 in the NFBC. So I'm not positive if these numbers are including the redraft. I believe they are. Let me uh, let me set it to before the season and we'll see what Dahl's at. Yeah, I want to say he was a consensus top five, six round guy. Yeah, so he's 70. Before the season started, he was going 70 overall. So uh, Randy Haynes actually, speaking of Randy, has him in our main event qualifier, but that's not doing him any good. <laughs> I mean, it might be TJ. No, it is the main event qualifier. 
But uh, shout out to you, Randy, for drafting David Dahl. He got that one right. Got one thing right. There you go, Randy. Way to go. Oh, man. Um, so tell the listeners out there about your whole DFS experience and what's been going on with DFS over the last, uh, I guess, couple months for you. <laughs> um, well, right now we're kind of in a, a little bit of a flux because <laughs> only, we're only able to play uh, baseball DFS. And I say we, it's because me and my wife – we play DFS as avidly as any of you listeners out there. Um, and, and whenever we play DFS, we go big or go home. So we're always in, you know, the hundred to 500 people, uh, tournaments and, you know, our, I think our bottom line for, for entries is about a hundred dollars. So we'll do anything from a hundred to, you know, infinity. Um, but we're on a pretty, pretty tough losing streak right now. The past three days. Don't let them fool you. They win. She wins. Don't let them <laughs> yeah, fool she you. Wins. Yes, she wins. Not me. Um, yeah, I mean, she's she does the research, uh, not as much as me, but she just looks at their past game logs. She doesn't worry about the matchups. She doesn't worry about the names. She can't even pronounce the names for the most <laughs> part. Um, and then I'm like, you know, don't pick this guy. He's, he's playing in cores. And she's like, why do I care if he's drinking a beer while he's playing? I mean, <laughs> I really, I don't, I could care less. <laughs> So after seeing her success, would you say fan, uh, DFS is more luck or more skill? Uh, I mean, it obviously takes a certain amount of skill to especially be, you know, with the guys that continuously win here mm-hmm. in and here out. And, you know, with as much as we play with the big ticket items that we go in, you see the same guys at the top of the leaderboard. I mean, there's this one guy with his picture, um, his profile picture is a Husky. And every time we, we enter in a lineup, we're like, there's that damn Husky again, like every single time. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously it takes some skill, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's basically just clicking the right name. And apparently my wife can do that pretty good. So, so me and uh, one of the other guys at Pitcher List, Colin Charles, were discussing uh, formulating our own DFS like analyzer, like Roto Grinders does. Turns out Roto Grinders has a lot more stuff than I thought they did in their TFS analyzer. They did actually a really, really good job. Um, but I don't know if you use Roto Grinders draft analyzer or any other draft analyzers. Yeah, I use Roto Grinders because I see them at the top of the leaderboard most of the time whenever I'm in there. Do you pay for the premium content? Uh, I don't right now, but I, I look at, you know, have you as thought much about as I it? can. I have. And, yeah. you know, especially whenever I'm on a losing streak, yeah. I start to dive a little bit deeper into the things that are out there. So I'm assuming they just tell you, if you pay for the premium content, they'll just tell you pretty much who to pick. Yeah, pretty much. But now if they're picking the same guys, how's that work? I mean, of course you can always say, I guess all the formulas. Yeah. yeah, Stack this lineup. Um, you know, the two, three, five hitters are are good. And then maybe do like a wraparound, but at the end of the day, you always have to try and get under that cap if you're playing in DraftKings and they'll give you suggestions for a couple starting pitchers. But you know, sometimes I try and go off the wall a little bit. Like today I started Hauser that did not work out very well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean, you just you just kind of have to build it the way um, the way that you think it's going to play out. Like tonight, I, I stacked Houston, and I should have stacked Pittsburgh. It, it happens like that. Yeah. All right. So there's a little uh, TFS tidbit from Colin there. Do you have any picks for the upcoming days? This episode will hopefully be released on Thursday, the 27th. Uh, for the upcoming days, I mean, tomorrow's a really small slate. Um, getting into the weekend, so. 
Uh, just taking a little look at the schedule, you got Texas and Tampa Bay. That should be an offensive show out. Uh, Washington against Detroit. Washington, I'd, I'd really like to play uh, a lot of their hitters and pitchers as well. Um, let's see. Out West, you got Oakland and L.A., the, the Angels. Uh, love Shohei Otani. Uh, he's been, you know, killing it ever since he came off the DL. Um, and then LA and, and Colorado, the Dodgers and, and the Rockies in Coors Field. I mean, you can never go wrong with, with stacking hitters in there. But of course, Ryu plays on Friday, so um, he might be a contrarian play whenever you go in to set your lineups for Friday. Uh, so there's a few there's a few games out there this week that are pretty pretty good. So, so here's a question I have for you, and I'm looking at the batter versus pitcher matchups for tomorrow. Nolan Arenado is 12 for 21 against Ryu. Uh, Freddie Freeman, I have it right here. Freddie Freeman is 13 for 50 against Jacob DeGrom with three home runs. Now, obviously, these guys have uh, – Freeman. Freeman's case, some success, and Arenado's case, a lot of success against the top pitchers in the league right now, Ryu and DeGrom. Would you still roster a Freddie Freeman or a Nolan Arenado? Because in my opinion, I would always stay away from those guys because they're facing DeGrom or because they're facing – Ryu and those guys are pitching so well, but then I always end up getting burned for not having them in my lineup when they end up hitting. Yeah, I completely understand the getting burned part because um, every time you see a slate with Mike Trout on it and you don't pick him, you know something's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so going into this weekend, um, Nolan Arenado going up against Ryu, I think I'm going to stay away from. I really think Ryu has, has come out of nowhere this year and just been a complete ace for that team. Um, luckily he hasn't had an IL stint yet to slow him down and he's been completely mastering every single offense he's going up, going up against. So I'm probably going to stay away from Arenado and most of the Rockies hitters going up against him. Uh, now Freddie Freeman and that Atlanta Braves offense is, is pretty stout as well. So that if I'm looking to do a little bit of contrarian play, uh, whenever you got DeGrom going up against Soroka, which is going to be a great pitching matchup in itself. Um, you know, I, I love putting Acuna in, love putting Freeman in. And if I'm, if I'm looking at the bottom of the lineup, Albies is there as well. I won't go out of my way to roster some of the secondhand names in the Braves lineup. But if, you know, if I'm looking at the matchups and Freeman fits my roster construction, I don't have a problem putting them in. Yeah. So just to play devil's advocate, so you see where I'm at, uh, I looked it up last week. I think Nolan Arenado is hitting like 400 against lefties in Coors Field. So I'm kind of like, it's a toss up. Do I want to play him? Do I not want to play him? But Colin's writing the, uh, the pitcher list DFS article for me tomorrow, the tw- which is coming out on the 27th, the same day as this podcast, hopefully. Um, so you guys could check it out. I don't want to spoil too many of his picks here when you could read it there at pitcherlist.com. His first, uh, DFS, uh, first DFS article. First article at pitcherlist.com. First of many, hopefully. First of many. Um, So we'll shift over to season-long play and look at some closers, the closer carousel, I'll say, in uh, a couple of teams here. And we'll start with Tampa. And right before we got on the air, we were talking how Pagan came in in the seventh inning. Uh, Castillo's hurt on the DL. Alvarado's coming back soon. Long-term, who are you going with there? Uh, it's funny you ask me this question because in the second chance league I did on NFBC, uh, I didn't draft any of the closers, but Castillo was available after the first fab run. So I wasted $119 on him uh, just to cut him this past week and I cut him for Alvarado. So I, all in all, I think I have about $200 spent in the, uh, in the raise. How much did Alvarado cost you? Uh, about 70, I think. So no, no thoughts about Chaz Rowe or, uh, 
No, not long term. Anybody else in that bullpen? No. No, I think the rest of the year it's going to be Alvarado's job as long as he can, as long as he has his personal issues behind him. I know he had a few rough outings. He was kind of starting to lose it, but he's gotten a nice little break. Um, it's kind of like a mini IL stint. I mean, yeah. maybe he needed to figure something out. Maybe what was happening in his hometown was really getting to him. And now that that's behind him and he's back, I think he should take the job and run with it. And like you said, when before we came on the before we came on air, Pagan came in. Uh, in the seventh and blew the save. And so, I mean, not really blew the save, but he, he just kind of blew the game for them. So um, that just kind of muddies the water even more. So I think once he comes back, I think he's got the job as long as he can stay healthy. All right. So the way we'll do this, I'll try and go division by division here and get one uh, tumultuous save uh, situation going on here. And one's in Minnesota, I guess. Uh, Taylor Rogers, did he get the save tonight? I believe he got another save tonight. Yeah, he got another save tonight, his 10th of the year. And Trevor May and especially Blake Parker are kind of waiting there. I know a lot of people still own Parker, not as many people own May. I guess Taylor Rogers is the guy, they own, the guy to own. Uh, it looks that way. But, you know, with, uh, with the Twins, they can kind of throw May, Parker, and Rogers any way that they want to. And I think that that's what they'll do the rest of the season. But moving forward, I think Rogers will have the most save opportunities of the three, uh, which is very strange whenever you're talking, you know, a week or two ago with Parker. Yeah. I think he had 10 saves coming into this week alone. And so you think, you know, he's probably the guy. Well, now Rogers creeps up and now has 10 saves of his own. Um, so, you know, in the beginning of the year, I think one week he had three saves Rogers that is. So everyone went crazy on fab for him, uh, including myself in a, in a league where I punted saves. Luckily I held on to him. So hopefully we'll be able to see it out the rest of the year. But, uh, I think may, he might get a couple here and there, uh, Parker, a couple here and there, but Rogers seems to have a good grasp on that position. Just while we're on the topic of closers, I don't know if you saw um, Colin Weatherwax main event Hall of Famer Brad Boxberger got sent uh, designated for assignment today. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I did. But you know what? He he did what I needed him to do. So I'll be forever grateful to Brad Boxberger. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe another closer sighting here. Tyler White is pitching. <laughs> He's gone two thirds of an inning, six earned runs, four walks, four hits. He's, st- he's still out there. He's wow. pitched a couple of times this year, hasn't he? If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he has a 21 ERA, so I don't think he just got that. Yeah, yet. coming into this game, he's had he pitched in three games. He's done a lot better than he's doing right now. Yeah, I pitched. I picked the right game to stack, just the wrong team. Yeah, man, 14 out. runs for the Pirates. All right, back to uh, regular schedule programming. The AL West, uh, I would say Liam Hendricks, who got a save tonight, is the man in Oakland with Blake trying it out. And I know uh, Justin Mason, a guy at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, tweeted out that he thinks uh, Trinan's going to be out longer than, than they're leading us on. Uh, Lou Trevino is waiting in the wings next in line. Liam Hendricks, uh, Rowanis Elias for the Mariners, who have disappointed me to no end, and <laughs> Sean Kelly and Hansel Robles. This is, this is a weird group of closers, but we'll stay in Oakland here. Liam Hendricks is the guy to own. Yeah, it looks that way. Um, very disappointing since I went out of my way to draft Trinan in the main event this year. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, I think it is Liam Hendricks. And I was listening to, I believe it was uh, the Fangraphs Sleeper in the Bust with Justin Mason. And, you know, it sounds like a shoulder impingement. And, you know, it might just kind of escalate from there, which is always scary. So, 
I think it's Liam Hendricks for the rest of the year. Uh, I didn't go out of my way to get him in a lot of places. I actually made a trade for Blake Trinan in one of my dynasty leagues while we're on the topic. Interesting. Just because I don't have any saves. I traded away Matt Carpenter for Blake Trinan. I would need to see the teams to – My offense is completely stacked, and I have no saves. So you're talking Yelich, Senzel, Machado, Bellinger. So yeah, I didn't why really not? Yelich and Bellinger. Look at that. Yeah, love it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, in a dynasty league, I still think Trinan might have a little bit of value. Um, I don't think they just completely hand the reins over to a guy that was, you know, a middling reliever. I mean, an opener. Game. Didn't he start the playoff game for them? Yeah, I mean, our game. He started the walker <laughs> game and pitched the inning, right? He's not a guy that you know has a long track record of saves. And like you said before, Lou Trevino was looking like the heir apparent, and I was actually rostering him as a handcuff. Yeah, I'm on my main event team, and you know he's just kind of blown up in the past couple weeks. So, I mean, there's always a chance that Hendricks can kind of just take this job and run with it. But if he has the slightest hiccup and Trevino's kind of pitching good. Yeah. With today's pitching landscape, you just never know. Uh, the NL East, you have Luke Jackson with Anthony Swarzak next in line, Sergio Romo and Nick Anderson next in line. Edwin Diaz hasn't been the, the same Edwin Diaz from last year. Hector Neris with uh, a couple guys next in line there. Sean Dulo seems like the only, the only solid option there in Washington. Uh, I don't know who you want to go with here. Uh, I guess we talked about Philly before we got on air. You said – Neris was kind of similar to who? I can't remember off the top of my head. It was kind of similar to the twin situation. Yes, that's what it was, yeah. Just go any way with it. I mean, they don't have the great options that the twins have, but they can kind of just mix and match the way that they have. Um, the, the situation I kind of want to monitor in this league, if you're looking for saves down the line, might be in Miami with Sergio yeah. Romo. He should get dealt at the deadline, and Nick Anderson has he, – he started off the year great, uh, had a few bumpy patches, and now he's kind of back to that dominant reliever role. So I think if you're if he's available in some of your leagues and you need saves the rest of the year, he's the guy that I'm going out to target. Even though they're not really going to get many wins in Miami, the offense has been greater or, or you know better than we thought. Yeah. Uh, so you know there might be a chance for for some more saves in the second half. And even a guy like uh, Tehran Guerrero could be a, a dark horse for saves there. You want to go to the NL Central? We got uh, Craig Kimball coming back Thursday. Hater's obviously Hater. Vasquez is obviously Vasquez. Two two pretty big ones are St. Louis Cardinals with Hicks out and the Reds with Iglesias really struggling. Lorenzen's been getting some saves lately, and Iglesias, before we got on air, gave up a couple of runs tonight. Who would you rather roster at this point, Carlos Martinez or Michael Lorenzen? Oh, that's a great question. Um, One has more competition than the other, obviously with John Gant waiting in the wings and Andrew Miller, but Michael Lorenzen or Carlos Martinez? Well, I mean, Rossiel Iglesias has shown in the past that he can be a dominant closer, and if they don't deal him, then I would say that they both kind of have the same amount of competition around them. Um, I think with upside, I would go with Carlos Martinez. I mean, the upside is, is crazy huge for him. And I think for the past couple of years, whenever he was going through his injury things, there's been a lot of analysts that have been saying, just move this guy to the bullpen, move him to your closer role, and he can be a dominant force there. So I really am looking forward to seeing him. I threw out a couple offers to the guys that own Carlos Martinez in those leagues, and I did not get a bite. And I don't blame them. I mean, this is a guy that could take the job and run with it. Of course, it's awful for Hicks owners. Uh, he was awesome to watch on Pitching Ninjas. Twitter follow 
Um, and you know, as a younger pitcher coming back from Tommy John and, and a bullpen, you just never know how that's going to happen now or, or shape out. So yeah, it's brutal to lose him, but yeah, I'd probably go Carlos Martinez. And for what it's worth, uh, Iglesias zero is up to 3.86. Lorenzen zero is up to three point or down to 3.12. So that's something to monitor too. Most people think Iglesias kind of has a strong hold on the job, but it might not be as strong as you think. Yeah, I think Tyler White should reach out to him to see how, he, <laughs> how you can play offense and pitch at the same time. <laughs> oh, man. NL West, everyone's pretty uh, solid here. You're expecting Will Smith to get traded by the trade deadline. So I guess uh, you might get Tony Watson saves in San Francisco. Holland's been good. Uh, Wade Davis. Yeah, that's another option. Wade Davis has been bad. He got a save today, so that kind of helps him a little bit. Scott Oberg, who is having a great season. You really just can't predict baseball. Um, (laughs) Kenley Jansen obviously has a stronghold on his job. So that's the closer carousel. And is there anything left for us to talk about? Waiver wire ads. You want to hit waiver wire ads real quick? Yes, yes. Lots of waiver wire ads. So um, most of my waiver wire ads are going to be, um, you know, focused more on the 15 team leagues, more, more deeper format, um, a little bit, a little bit more competitive. I'll go out and say that a little bit more competitive <laughs> leagues. Um, so in, especially in my main event, I am in desperate need of pitching. Uh, I mentioned this guy a little bit earlier with uh, Aaron Hauser. Um, he has been dominant in the bullpen for Milwaukee, kind of just as an unknown, really. Uh, I saw him getting a spot start today, looked a little bit deeper into his numbers, and he's been really great coming out of the bullpen for him. I don't know if they're going to transition him into the rotation full-time or if he's just kind of be going to be like a long reliever or a quasi opener, but he's a guy that, um, you know, I might be throwing some spec bids at this week, just you know, hopefully it sticks against the wall and he turns into a rotation guy or maybe just a guy that stabilizes my ratios. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about Hauser? Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit the nail on the head there. At the very least, hopefully he can stabilize your ratios for you. Um, another guy I wanted to tell the listeners about was, and two rookies actually I wanted to speak about real quick, and I'm probably going to butcher his name like I always do, Keston Hura. Uh, he's been dominating AAA since he's been, ba- since he's been down there in the PCL. He's up to uh, – he's homered in multi-hits in three of his last four games, and his OPS is up to 1,104. So he'll be back with the Brewers soon. And Brendan McKay, I don't know how much you've been reading about Brendan McKay, but if the Rays really want to make a push here for the playoffs, I think he'll definitely be up in the near future. And on Yahoo, you could get him kind of the same way they do Otani as Brendan McKay the hitter, Brendan McKay the pitcher. He's only 3% owned right now, and Keston is at 25% owned, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, those are two great names. Most of the leagues that I play in don't have Keston available, unfortunately. I've still been stashing him in a couple of leagues where I own him. Uh, completely believe in the talent. Uh, completely believe in, in the guy himself. As long as he can get that, you know, that opportunity uh, that a guy named Travis Shaw is just completely taking away <laughs> from him, uh, I think he can have a great breakout second half. Uh, and then McKay, of course, guy that was a, a dual position, kind of like Shohei Otani, a uh, guy with a lot of power um, at first base, but they kind of transitioned him into a full-time pitcher role. Love the move. Uh, he's been completely dominant in the minors. And, you know, he's a guy, especially for the Rays, the way that they use their pitchers. I mean, just think of like a Brandon McKay, uh, Colin Posh, Jalen Beeks, and then Alvarado coming in at the end yeah. of the to, to close it out. Those are four dominant lefties that are going to be hard for any team to hit off of. 
Yeah, that that would be ideal for uh, for Rays fans. I know I uh, I see Yancey and on Twitter all the time talking about just call up McKay. He he put up a call up Wander Franco today, and he added a Rays in it, so that was pretty funny. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer, we've been talking about him on the show for weeks now. He homered again tonight. He's up to nine homers, thirteen stolen bases. His average is around two forty five, but he's hitting the ball harder than ever. Underrated guy. Yeah, very underrated. And one last guy is uh, J.P. Crawford, who is only 8% owned in Yahoo. (laughs) And he is up to uh, 305. So since he's been back from the minors, he's hitting 348 with 16 RBIs in his last 18 games. So he might not provide uh, stay this hot for the rest of the year, but I think he'll definitely provide some some cheap value. He's third-base shortstop eligible in Yahoo. And I don't know how uh, what his ownage percentage is in the NFBC, but if you could get your hands on J.P. Crawford, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, especially if he's dropped or, you know, if he's batting in the second hole. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about it before we got on. He's only 24 years old, so this is not the type of guy that your GM wants to go out and trade <laughs> just because he, he has that fix. He needs that fix. Um, he's only 19% owned in the NFBC, so he might be someone that I'm going to go out and get. Uh, so yeah, yeah, those are a couple guys. The, the last couple guys for me, um, going to be Denelson Lamette, a uh, guy that's really been struggling on his way back from Tommy John surgery, uh, last year where I drafted him, I think in like the 15th round, right before the news came out mm-hmm. in my main event. I remember that. Yeah. yeah completely stunned me. Um, so his last start before this week, he gave up four earned over five innings uh, in AAA. But then this past start this week, uh, actually yesterday, he went, uh, let's see, he went five innings, struck out eight, and allowed one run. So he's a guy that could provide a lot of uh, a lot of strikeouts for you in the second half of the year. But a thing I saw on Twitter today was where is he going to slot in um, in the, as an SP, I mean, you got Chris Paddock, who, who's on an innings limit. You got Logan Allen, who's been doing pretty good himself. Um, you got a couple other guys that are just kind of sitting there. But I'm, I'm wondering where he's going to slide in to that rotation. But I do think he has a role once they call him up. And then the the last guy is going to be Dominic Smith. And of course, you know, being in New York, I'm sure you've heard a lot of jokes about Dominic Smith, but <laughs> this is a guy that's been playing the outfield. I know, hold your breath whenever he's out on the, out there on defense, but, you know, he's a guy that's going to go, he's, he went three for three today before he got double switched on um, for defensive purposes in the outfield, but he's been on a really hot streak lately, uh, a guy that's going to provide you with first base and outfield eligibility. And it looks like he's playing in the shadow of Pete Alonso might be a blessing for him. Uh, there isn't as much pressure on him anymore, and he's been hitting the ball hard. So those are the three guys for me, Hauser, Lamette, and Dominic Smith. You know, isn't it amazing how, like, we talk about before the season, is this guy going to play? Is this guy going to play? Is this guy going to play? And it's time and time again, it's if the guy's a pure hitter and he could hit, they'll find ways to get him in the lineup. And Everything that, works itself out. Jeff McNeil is, like, the perfect example of that. Guys weren't drafting him because they weren't sure about his playing time. And he's just a professional hitter, and what he does is hit, and he hits, and they give him the playing time. There's somebody else I can't remember off the top of my head that was kind of in that Jeff McNeil situation. I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but it was the same exact thing as McNeil. Uh, oh, DJ LeMahieu. No, oh, yeah. no one knew where DJ LeMahieu was going to play before the season started. People are acting like, oh, yeah, we knew DJ LeMahieu was going to do this. Nobody knew DJ LeMahieu was going to get these everyday at-bats until the Yankees' 15 guys went down, and DJ LeMahieu's hitting in the heart of the lineup, and 
Now they're talking about him for MVP on the radio here in New York. I don't know if you heard that talk yet. No, I'm not in New York. I'm glad because I, I'd have to laugh at that. But I did see, I did see on Twitter today. Uh, it was really funny. DJ LeMahieu, who was a Coors Field creation and cannot hit away from altitude, is now hitting 338, 387, <laughs> 525. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, Dom Smith, 95 innings in left field this season, zero defensive runs saved, which is not bad considering it's not in the negative. Yeah, and, uh, I'm actually surprised by that number. <laughs> yeah, last year at first base, he was negative. Uh, last year, he was negative five defensive run saves in less innings in left field. So that's a little bit of improvement, even though his, uh, his UZR isn't where most left fielders are, but it's improved from negative 3.1 to negative 0.2. So Dom Smith is getting a little bit better in the outfield. Other than that, this was your uh, Fantasy Sports Network, Fantasy Sports Radio debut. I'm sorry it wasn't in a, a professional studio like me and Matt are usually in. I'm sorry Matt couldn't uh, – be here with us, but I hope you enjoyed your time. Oh yeah, no problem. Once I once I come up to New York, I'll definitely uh, I'll barge my way into your studio so that way I can have. I'll just kind of take your seat and you can sit in the corner with y'all's. Uh, I think y'all's producer. You yeah, over Joe, there in the corner. Big Joe, Big Joe in the corner. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I can try and figure out a fantasy team. If you um, if you give some some other people a chance in the main event qualifier, then maybe I could win a a main event bid. And then no. we can both go to the main event in New York. That's how it's that's, supposed to happen. That's okay. I don't know if you got the memo. No, I think if you just get like a, a nice little pay raise at your job, then maybe <laughs> you can just join me there. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Go follow Colin Weatherwax at CWeatherwax13 on Twitter. One more time, I'll plug the uh, DFS article you're releasing. It will be released on June 27th, Thursday for uh, PitcherList.com. And you, if you want to talk real quick about the stuff you're doing at QB List, which is a – a branch off pitcher list? Yeah, actually starting to ramp up for the football season, believe it or not. Um, so a lot of fun stuff going on at QB list. I'm going to be talking some dynasty startups, dynasty uh, first year player drafts, and then, um, you know, just kind of build off of what we did last year and just kind of go from there, writing articles, going deep, a little bit of the stuff that they're doing at pitcher list, uh, like the going deep articles, of course. And then uh, over at Friends of Fantasy Benefits, me and Justin Mason uh, did a weekly podcast as well, uh, where we just kind of did a preview for all the games coming up that week. Looking forward to doing that again this year. Um, Lots of crazy stuff going on in the NFL. I know you were talking about it, Mike. How can the best football player in in the NFL go as like pick number 20 in a fantasy draft. You, you can't get your head around that. I, mean, it's I like think Mike it's Trout. Awesome. Who would draft Mike Trout 20? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, lots of fun stuff going on there. Um, awesome, awesome stuff. And of course, always listen to your, uh, your radio gigs and all the big wigs and stuff. <laughs> all right. So we'll kick it back to Matt. Go follow me at Mike, the Rotocop. Uh, follow Colin and follow Matt too at, because he probably will forget to say it, Matt underscore striker underscore. Thanks, Colin. All right, Mikey and C-Dub laying it down. Huh. That's good quality stuff right there. Just again, guys that you don't hear on every other show, guys that you don't hear or read about on every other Twitter feed. Uh, that, that's a big tip of the cap. Yeah, let me tell you something, folks, at Mike the Rotocop, Hit him up, bother him actually, like flood his whole entire stream because he really is like a special, special boy. I gotta tell you, 
my mom used to tell me that I was a special boy too, but I'm sure she meant that in an entirely different way. But those of you out there that are listening, you're special as well. And uh, <laughs> I hope you have a good day. Good luck. Be safe. Have fun. For Colin, Mike, I'm Matt. We'll see you out there.